Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show where I welcome Sulanda Smith. And Sulanda is a psychotherapist 
who holds two master's degrees, one in counseling from Cal State University and another in traditional knowledge from the University of Creation Spirituality. And in addition to this schooling, Solanda has worked with traditional and indigenous healers from around the globe, learning ancient healing methods and applying them to her practice. And you'll see this in some of the things she shares in today's conversation, where we talk really all things relationship, how we make relationships complicated and how we can uncomplicate them, how to to look within when we're navigating relationships rather than pointing the finger at our partner and some other really big questions and things that we can ask ourselves that I really enjoyed her unique perspective. You heard her professional bio and she kind of has a unique schooling and especially with the traditional healing methods. And that really comes out in this conversation. And I think it will be incredibly valuable to you. I know I really enjoyed it. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Solanda. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, you're so welcome. It's my pleasure. Today, we're going to talk about why relationships can feel so complicated and how they don't have to be. And through the work that you've done, you mentioned in the pre-show that you've been particularly passionate the last few years about helping men navigate relationships because certainly we're getting a lot of new information. Relationships are on more of the popular culture forefront than they used to be. And how we relate is is way different than it was 30, 40 years ago. So why don't we start by having you tell us why you enjoy helping people uncomplicate their relationships, and then we'll just kind of have a free-flowing conversation through that. Oh, absolutely. One of the biggest reasons for me is because I grew up with seven brothers. And watching them struggle in relationship was tough because it also made me look at myself and what I was doing that wasn't working in relationships. Because either they tell me, why are you doing that? You don't need to do that. No man wants to deal with that. Or it was just a fail. You know, well, now I don't call it a fail because I've learned a lot, but I would look at it as, oh my goodness, like I'm never going to have a supportive partner or really somebody that can be by my side. So that was a huge concern for me. You said seven brothers? Oh, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That, that deserves its own podcast of unpacking what, what that can do. You know, I know my seven brothers podcast. Yes. <laughs> That'd be the name of it. <laughs> Man. Well, well, yeah, you know, we're not taught these these tools. And obviously, people like yourself are sharing them with people of how to relate better. It's why I love doing this podcast is is learning more about myself, learning about how I can show up better in relationships. And a lot of times, you know, I think I can definitely be a bit too much in the logical brain. I overcomplicate things. And and one of the things you talk about through your work is, is helping people uncomplicate it. So what are some of the ways that you see people complicating things and, and how do you help them kind of uncomplicate it and take an approach that will help them be successful? Yeah. Sometimes a complication is unknown that is actually happening because it's something that was learned either through watching their caregivers and how they interacted with each other or other people. 
And then that behavior became an automated response, right? When they get older. So then people don't know that they have this voluntary reactive way of responding that's on autopilot. So they don't know they don't need that anymore. It's not working, but it's hard to say it isn't working or see from the outside because they were raised with watching how to handle certain situations. So that's like the biggest piece I see when it comes to uh, complicated relationships because people don't know where the complication is coming from. And it's just miseducation because how we usually think about relationships is, oh, I like you, you like me. Okay, let's try this out, right? Which is how it should be. The hard part is though, when those parts don't like a certain, <laughs> the time, let's say the time, there's a time when you're thinking, okay, I don't like this person so much anymore. I love them, him or her, but I don't like when they do X, Y, or Z. And then how do I address that? Uh, first, I always educate about what a relationship really is. Now, of course, Chase, this is my, you know, by my thought, you know, I'm not saying the whole world needs to adopt this. But my thought about relationship is that we pretty much are trying each other on. We have an opportunity to meet another human being, decide we like to have certain experiences with this person. And it is always a choice. Sometimes when I'm working with couples and they're fighting or it's gotten toxic, when I say, you know, you have a choice to leave, right? You can hear crickets. You know, you can hear the birds chirp. They didn't stop the fighting because they've forgotten that they don't have to stay. Because the stakes are high, though. They think they're locked in. They've created a family. They have a mortgage. And um, they have X amount of dollars invested in their relationship. Men typically may think that way more so than women when it comes to the finance piece. But that's first. Thinking about your relationship as something that is not permanent as much as you want it to be. Now, some religious rights and beliefs may disagree with that, of course. I respect that. But if you think of it as this is an experience that I'm having while I'm here on the planet, and part of that is also people, just not restaurants or food, then maybe it won't be so difficult when it's not working as well as you thought it should be or how you had it in your mind as an expectation. I love that what you just said. It's kind of it feels almost antithetical to a relationship advice podcast or a therapist, you know, but it's so important to to understand that. And I want to dig into that a little bit because there's so much nuance and there's different situations. How can someone think about that and not just throw their hands up and give up on a relationship when things get hard? Because that's also the beauty of a relationship is things will get hard, like things will be easy in the beginning, hopefully, and all the hormones are flowing. And then you have that mirror and it shows you who you are in relationship. And sometimes we don't like that. And we might be like, OK, peace out. And then you go to the next one. And we never actually grow maybe and we can grow in relationship but then there's points where it's not healthy you know you're fighting you're bickering and maybe we just need to not be in that relationship so that's a big one and there's lots of different situations but how can someone listening navigate that and and go okay is this a moment that i need to work on myself and choose the relationship or maybe the, this isn't the relationship for me both you said something powerful when you said, oh, well, maybe this isn't working anymore. Just to have an open mind for that to be an option 
is the first step and it's very powerful. When you're so locked in to believe you have to make this work because of whatever reason, um, that's where you begin to feel like you're powerless or that you've lost your worthiness or your value or you've lost the control of your own life and you feel trapped. First, number one is I do have a choice. It is possible. Um, maybe I can't think of being with someone else in this moment right now, and that's okay. But there are steps I can go through to make sure that I have a happy life. And that's the second step is to really, truly believe and embody that creating happiness is an art and is something that has to be worked at and it isn't given to you. If that's your ultimate goal in life. So I'm talking perspective here. When you're carrying a perspective that your life literally is worth saving in all aspects of it, from work to relationship, um, friendships, then when you have that in your, your foremind, everything else that follows your actions are going to be a, in alignment with preserving that. And of course, though, we have this disclaimer of do no harm while you're on that journey. You know, it's something that I talk about. Don't purposefully hurt someone. And intentionally, we will. Unintentionally, we will. Because we haven't learned a different way how to say, you know, I love you, but I don't think we should stay the way we are. Let's change the dynamics of our relationship now. So we can still get the best of each other. We just don't have to live together or have sex with each other or pay our bills with each other or have any more children. So you have to take a perspective that you can let go and it's okay. And there's nothing wrong with you if you do. And secondly, starting again doesn't mean you're starting over. You're starting again and you get to create it even better because now you know some signs, some other things to watch out for that won't feel like a trap, right? So you're not, you're not uh, creating this for yourself because you just say, oh, you like me, I like you, let's do this. You're doing more work, study, research to find out if this is a person that you could really create a, a happy life with. And again, many people may not want to hear this, but usually the third time of finding someone in your lifetime usually is the one that sticks around the longest or is the most valuable or gives you your best because those other ones, you were still learning more about who you were. Interestingly enough, in the Cherokee tradition, you're not an adult until you're 51. And then the African tradition, mine particularly, you're not an adult until you're 81. So those are my two lineages. So be imagined all this time, I was saying, well, you know, you're not an adult yet at 50. <laughs> you still have a year to go, right? But there's a reason because you're learning so much as you go. So when you get further in your life, you can make different decisions, pick different choices to really create the happy life you want. I kind of feel like I went off on a tangent. Did I answer the question for you? Yes. And I love that anecdote about becoming an adult because that's so important. I think, you know, I'm, I'm 36 and even at that age, I feel like I should have things figured out. I don't feel that all the time, but sometimes when I when I'm struggling with something, particularly relationships, it's like, man, like it can be frustrating. And then I start to feel better when I go, hey, you don't have to have it all figured out because no one does. You know, we, we just we get the information that we can and we try to learn and grow. And we want to, you know, maybe try not to make the same mistake over and over in the context of relationships. That's important. But 
you also might make the same mistakes and that's also okay too. So I, I think that's so important. And I love that, you know, culturally, I think in the West, it's like you very much need to have things figured out kind of when you get done with college, as you're in college, you know, like, what are you going to be? What's your profession? Figure it out, you know? And, and it's like, I like the 81, you know, when you're 81, <laughs> then then maybe <laughs> you can be considered a, an adult. And I don't know if they also equate that to even having things figured out. How do, you know, they said in those traditions, but I would imagine it's like, then you're an adult. Now you've passed into, you know, like the, the rites of passage and, and now you can be considered wise. <laughs> yeah. It's like you, you've been given the, uh, what do you want to say? You've been given the, um, awareness that it's okay not having everything figured out and everything doesn't have to be rushed to be figured out even at 81 right it's like well yeah this lifetime I didn't quite get that lesson and that's okay I'm just gonna do what I do and know what feels good and move in that and where people are offended or people don't understand what I'm doing I'll still be humble and say okay this is what I'm doing for myself you know, um, it's none of my business what you think of me. I still respect you, though, as, a, as another human being traveling with me on this lifetime in this lifetime. But it's important that I do me. And it's not a selfish act in the way we think about selfishness. Like there's two parts to selfishness. There's selfish, selfishness where you're not doing anything for anyone but yourself. And then there's selfishness where you have to take time for yourself for self-preservation in order to be able to be there for yourself, have longevity in your life and help other people. So it's a clear understanding that you don't know everything. However, you know enough for the people that's coming up behind you that you can help them get out some of the tussles and the struggles that they get into. How can we navigate that area of, you know, recognizing we don't have to have it all figured out? but at the same time, trying to figure it out, you know, in relationship? Mm, uh, that's a really wonderful question. And there's, there's many answers. One that I found that may take some time to unravel and really come to an understanding, like literally you're walking this path and you come up to this gate door bridge or whatever, and you're like, okay, I'm ready to cross it because I've been patient with myself. I stopped beating up on myself for things that I thought I should have known when I came straight out of the womb. <laughs> right. I am willing to choose behaviors that might not serve everyone in the moment or might even might not even serve me. However, I'll forgive myself and just keep moving. There was a psychologist, Eric Erickson, there are two named Eric Erickson, but there was one who thought that apologizing was menial. Because we're human beings and our actions alone looks like what we have labeled as mistakes. So if I stepped on your shoe by accident because you know it wasn't intentional, why should I say I'm sorry? Why can't you just acknowledge, oh, he stepped on my shoe. I know he didn't mean it. So I don't need to be acknowledged. I don't need to have my value uh, reflected back to me because I know who I am. He didn't disrespect me. Right. So it's a state of mind that we have to get to while we're here because we're bombarded with so much, so much that keeps us questioning who we are. I.e., that's why the results are suicide, you know, or inaction on our dreams. And really to step into acknowledging that you are breathing, that you have a right to be here just like everyone else, 
not to compare your journey to anyone else's, is your staple to being open enough to realize that all the answers are really within. However, sometimes coaches and therapists and you know guides are helpful because they remind us that this is an option. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney Show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month, and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? 
It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. I love that example of the apology. And we've done episodes specifically about apologizing and in relationship, it, it can feel good, you know, if your feelings are hurt for your partner to acknowledge them. But most of the time, as you said, like stepping on a shoe, but even if your partner says something that's hurtful, most of the time, if you're in a not in a toxic relationship, it's not intentional. And so we become, you know, our ego gets in the way, our story is like, they they meant to do that. How could they? But it's like, did they mean to do that? Was there intent? You know, it's basically like the accidental stepping on someone's foot. But it's so interesting how I, maybe and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it seems like it comes from the ego. It comes from, hey, well, who are you to step on my foot? Like, I don't care if you didn't do that on purpose. Who are you to to make a comment? And then we can get stuck in that and then we could just spiral. And there's so many things there. But if we take that perspective of did our partner do that intentionally, you know, in, instead of thinking the best of them, you know, not going 
to our negativity bias. It's just an easier way to move through the world with, with your partner, with friends, with family, with person who accidentally steps on your foot. So that's a beautiful message. Can you expand on that in relationship with a romantic partner when they metaphorically step on your foot or very, you know, make a comment and, and it cuts deep? How we can kind of take that more Zen approach to our response? Absolutely. Um, so the, that's the first part is the acknowledgement of like who you are, what you're working on, and where are you in your levels of needing to be seen and heard to be validated. Now, I take a different approach when it comes to people saying, you know, well, you need validation. Not from other people. Um, honestly, not even validating yourself because you already exist. There is no action that should need to remind you that you exist and that you're here. Uh, and then the environment that you create, you try your best to make it, including the people you invite into it, marriages, children. You try to make it that you can actually be your best and you're helping others. What I, what I support people to do um, is to, one, change that mindset that not everybody's out to get you or torture you. Okay. Um, and if someone isn't acknowledging you in the way that you think you should be, it's not their fault. It's yours for having the expectation in the first place. Uh, three is how can you communicate in a way that helps you feel good, get your point across and not feel offended when the person doesn't respond to you in the way you think they should. All of that being said, it's a matter of observing. There's this process that I have for couples. So when something is said and it just, you know, it's a little dark or it feels like a dagger, whichever one, you take that deep breath in and you hold and you just observe for a minute what, what just happened. Observe what's coming up in you. If you're bothered by it, like internally or externally, ask yourself, why does that bother me so much? Why did that hurt me so much? So do some excavation on yourself first. It's okay if you don't respond to your person right away with what they do. You're not losing any points. <laughs> you're not losing any faith. You're not, you're not in a battle or, or um, a game anyway. So just take that inventory. Well, wow, my mom used to respond to me that way and I really didn't like it. Okay, but she's not my mom and she doesn't do it all the time. So why am I blowing up at her? Because I wish I could have blown up at my mother, but I couldn't. So I'm going to blow up at her. So you do that excavation and then observe how the person is responding to you. Typically, and I'm sure Chase, you kind of learn this too, is that your partner mirrors you, what you give out in a sense, right? Most of the time, you know, and when you observe and just take a step back, you get to see what's happening. So do you remember when we did those science experiments in middle school, maybe some in early high school? Most of the time we weren't emotionally evolved, right? Unless it was a frog dissection, then I had problems. <laughs> but if it's like something overflowing or a volcano, uh -huh. no emotional involvement. <laughs> so I, I ask um, couples that I've worked with and people to practice this for a week. Just be in observant mode. Don't try to put how they feel or what they think any place, not even on the person. Just say, oh, okay, she used that word. Okay, that's an interesting word to use. Okay. Oh, they treated me. I can't believe what, where did that come from? But I don't need to know where it came from in this moment. I'm good for this moment. I don't need to figure out why she or he did this. And then there's an action that follows later, which is 
asking to have a conversation. If you're perplexed by something, you go and ask for a conversation, not try to have it in that moment. Because, and what this does is that it creates a time lapse. It gives time for you to observe yourself and really see where the triggers are coming from and what's happening. And also gives you enough time to get your script together when you approach your partner. Say, hey, this really isn't you. It's not on you. I'm not pointing the finger on you. But when you called me a cheesehead, I live in Wisconsin. When you called me a cheesehead, it really hurt my feelings. And I didn't know what to do with it. Again, I know it's not your fault. I just wanted to share how it affected me. Um, and you can do a spinoff with several different things. You can ask that person never to use cheese head again um, and, and support that with the reason why. Okay. I don't want to be reminded of my mother calling me a cheese head because it really hurt my feelings and it wasn't a positive phrase. Um, or, you know, I just really can use your support. I'm working on this thing within myself and I really could use your help just to help me move through it. So the key words here is I really would like for you to help me or support me and or can we set up a way that we communicate so we both can feel like we've been heard when we leave a conversation. Even if it feels like the person started the argument or started the trigger points, always still say, hey, you know, can we set up a time to chat about when you called me a cheesehead because it really bothered me? Is that possible? Yeah. Sunday, two o'clock. Cool. We'll go get some ice cream or, you know, frozen custard, whatever. And then you script out what you want to say. I find that to be very easy to do. Um, but because many people don't know the words to use or know how your even your partner responds to certain things, I, I find many couples think they know how their partners um, think and respond. But that's mostly from um, an angry point of view is where they tend to <laughs> tend to categorize and, and keep those memories in their mind instead of when they respond well. Have you found that to be true? Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Hey, Love Tribe. I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. 
all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Totally. And the word that comes to mind is assuming, you know, yes. like uh, assuming that our partner thinks the way we do, assuming that they're responding just to jab us in the in the belly with that comment. And we, we label them through our lens. And and that's just a complication to relating better. And instead, you know, all these amazing insights that you're giving of, of taking a step back, of asking questions, being observant seems like such a beautiful practice. It, you know, in other episodes, we talk about being curious, which is just another way to say that, you know, asking questions, because I think our survival mechanism wants to go and react. You know, why did you say that? And you feel it in your body instead of responding, you know, taking the time to think about it. And, and you mentioned like taking time, like literally taking time to respond, because I think the better we get at it, you know, the the faster we can respond from a healthy place. But initially, we tend to be reactive, you know, and, and we're, we're reacting to what our partner did. So, yeah, not assuming that's been valuable for me is not assuming that our, any of the actions our partner is doing are from a, a whatever lens I want to put it. But certainly, usually it's the negative. You know, if they do something nice, we can assume oh, they were just doing something nice. But if they do something that hurt us, we generally assume negative things. And it's just like, well, they're just operating from how they know how to and, and their childhood wounds. And maybe like most of the time, it's probably they had zero intention of hurting you. And so so not assuming is such a valuable practice. Yes, absolutely. And I think you just have to wait till you're 81 to really be able to embody that. Because, <laughs> right? I mean, that's the journey. That's the practice is is getting to a place where we can go through this and, and respond rather than react, not assume, get curious, be observant. Those are all beautiful practices. And and that's just what it is, right? It's a it's a practice. And it seems like the more we, we bring this into the conscious mind, the more we practice it, the better we get. And that's the beauty of relationship, you know, is, is it's giving us all these opportunities to practice it. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, because really, just because you're partnered up, you're still on your own. Like what you do while you're here, you know, it's still about you because you can invite and uninvite people, you know, in your life. Um, and we forget that because we're so excited in the beginning of our relationships that we put our whole selves in there. And I always say love and moderation. Like if you had this string, you know, and you're holding it with your arms stretched out from left to right. And in the middle, it, it represents the, um, the middle point. And if you love too much, like way over here on the right side, for instance, if you love somebody too much, what can happen? You don't love yourself enough. So you lose your boundaries. You lose your um, the things that you really need to help you thrive. And then if you love someone too little, then you could lose them because you're, you're holding all your goodies and the juiciness inside and, and in yourself that you're not sharing it. So you may lose the person. So loving and moderation 
you love yourself just as much as you love someone else. Now, I know if we had to do measurements, somebody might say, no, I know I love you more than I love myself and, and all of this. But the key is to know that your central point is not your spouse. It's not your children. It's not your parents. It's not your money. It's not how you make money. Your central point is you. And every single experience you have is because you created it in this, what, two to three to four pound mass that's sitting on your shoulders. That's your entire world that you're creating. Nothing exists in it unless you brought it in. So people have a hard time with that because then they don't want to take responsibility for even the hardships that they've created for themselves in lives and or looked at the hardships as an opportunity for growth to have your next great adventure. See, again, like you said before, it's all perspective with how you see who you are and then the people you bring into your life. Like, Who are they? Like, I'm here with you at this time and in this moment. Let's do what we can do with each other. And then at any point, it doesn't seem to be working out like we thought it was planned to work out. Let's work on it and see if we can create a new track that we can continue to be with each other on. And if not, let's just completely change the direction, right? And lay some new tracks that might be with other people in our lives, but we can still respect each other and love each other from the perspective that, hey, you're another human being on this planet trying to figure stuff out like I am. <laughs> I love that. And and that kind of brings me to something I wanted to ask is, how do you think about that line between recognizing that it's a choice to be with someone and commitment, because to me, those things can kind of be at odds or just the way I think about commitment. How could we navigate that? Yeah, I'm going to commit to you for as long as I can, where I can feel good about it. Mm -hmm. And if I know that I cannot commit to you and I'm not feeling good about it, that means you're going to suffer too. And I apologize that you may think that I should do better or be better or just learn how to stay committed. But I would rather back out than to continue to hurt you until I can figure this out. And then because we're not responsible for each other's feelings, we can influence them, but we're not responsible for how people feel. So you can have two wives. The one wife doesn't care if you go fishing every single Sunday, but the other one wants you home for Sunday family dinners. (laughs) They have different perspectives. Okay. Uh, And so When we are able to communicate what it is we need, ask the person if they're able to provide it even a little bit, then that may help um, keep that relationship on the track that we started. But if any time that person is it, because we change over time, they need something different now. And don't even go fishing and don't even go to family dinners because we're going to go learn how to do the mamba on Sunday nights now, right? That's what we're doing. (laughs) And that might not be what the other person wants to do. So how do you navigate that? Two choices. You can either go your separate ways and still in the relationship and honor that you that person's not by your side anymore while you do that. They can have their own thing without you. Or you decide that this is something where you really want your partner to participate and it jeopardizes the validity and the strength and the foundation of the relationship that you want to have with someone and you release it because that person doesn't want to participate in Mumbai. But the bottom line is being okay um, without being attached. I don't want to say that commitment is attachment. That's not what I'm saying. But commitments um, can be taken back. 
And I don't want to sound like, you know, marriages or your words, your vows to someone is frivolous and lightweight. Because we're human beings and we morph and change while we're here, um, the way you complimented each other as a couple before with an E, compliment with an E, isn't working anymore. So now you have to shift to a relationship that both of you can be happy and you can support each other. I know that's a hard, hard topic for people because you go into thinking that this is a lifetime endeavor. Like who wants to break up? I mean, I put everything in. I 20,000 for the ring, 40,000 wedding for some people, right? It's me as a picnic at the park or, you know, this huge house we purchased or this really safe vehicle or, you know, we just got solar panels installed. So we attach the idea um, of what we invested to equal that we should not separate, right? Or even the children, the children will be devastated. The children will bounce back. If you work with them, communicate with them, teach them, train them, most children turn out just fine and learn how to do relationships really, really well themselves when they get older because they had examples of what worked and what didn't and what to work, watch out for and even more so how to craft something they can feel like they can thrive in. Someone asked me if I believed in marriages lasting forever, meaning when someone dies. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm down for whatever those people want because some people want open relationships, polygamous relationships, no sex relationships, um, vacation relationships only. So it's like, it's whatever you decide you want to create. That's me. And I don't, hopefully I'm not disrespecting anyone, but that's just how I've morphed into doing relationships today because it's a very different time. Technology has brought a lot of things in. I think we've um, shifted. I'm not going to say evolved as human beings, but we've shifted as human beings to a consciousness of needing something more than we had 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 1,000, 10,000 years ago. I think that is a, a beautiful place and perspective to wrap up on. And Solanda, I, I just really love how you lay things out and have given some really deep insights and, and things to think about for how we approach relationships. So I, I really appreciate that. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and if there's anything we skipped over or maybe something you want to emphasize and then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely. You know, this is wonderful. Um, an easy way is to go to my website, salondasmith.com, you know, S-U-L-O-N-D-A-S-M-I-T-H. Uh, dot com. And there is a section on there to work with me. If you just want to set up a consult, no cost, we can chat to see if I can help. Or maybe you just have a question about what we talked about on the podcast. I'm open to that. I love connection with people, period. So that's just how I am. That's a great place. Last thing I would say is, and we hear it so much, but really make an intention to create a happy life and learn what's not making you happy right now. And don't take it lightly. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Solanda. We'll have those links in our show notes and on our website. And thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show today. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.